Light beer, dark money. Agree on something. Politics, culture, and the intersection of faith, freedom, and free enterprise. And now, live from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, here are your hosts, Light Beer, Chris Clements, and Dark Money, Sean Noble. Welcome back to another episode of Light Beer, Dark Money. I'm Sean Noble. I am Chris Clements, your humble servant. <laughs> so, uh, I was uh, lucky enough to be over at USC on Monday. Fight and on. Fight on. Yeah. Uh, again, I didn't stop and get any swag for you. I apologize. That is just I, not fair. I, I don't you know can't... why I forget to do that. <laughs> well, because you'll get your lost. Mater you'll and... get lost. You'll go to the bookstore and you'll you'll be so overwhelmed by that's probably the true. choices and and that's probably true. the amazing memorabilia that you you'll just get. Because I was on a fairly, I mean, a, a kind of tight schedule. I flew in and flew out the same day, mm-hmm. um, but I uh, this happens each spring. Uh, I guest lecture for a uh, communications class. That's great. Uh, and in this this case, uh, I think it's it's there's an element of political communications. They learn how to do campaign stuff. And uh, as is the case every time I've been at USC, uh, the students are amazing. They're well, that's, that's very, that's very great. bright. I have a lot of... Are they more left-leaning or Yeah, they're more left-leaning. Um, but, but it does give me a lot of hope. Every time I've been there, I've come away with hope. Because... Even though we may not agree philosophically or politically, uh, they're very, they're very, you know, appreciative of my time. They they all thanked me for being there. Um, so very so the more center right students are usually the quiet ones. I would imagine. Uh, prob- well, except for one know. or two who 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 are you know you know taking you. a stand right. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I I think I think every one of them asked a question. Oh, and some of good. them asked multiple questions. Oh, that's great. Um So what do you lecture on? I I really I just um I talked how to set up your dark, dark money. money. I did campaign. talk about dark money. Um yeah. well, I what I said is Did you it, talk about our podcast? I did I did you plug the podcast. I did plug the pod, okay. podcast right at the end. Okay. Great. Um and the uh, because you know they I, and they appreciated the the name, having just you know gone through an hour and fifty minutes of discussion about campaign communications and dark money. I the way I set it up is is I want that to be a question led session. Sure, because I can go just spout stuff off, as I told them. But I they'll get more out of it if I'm answering things that that matter to them. So I said, look, there's the, the rules are there's no rules. You can ask me anything. I was completely transparent. That's great. Uh, and one of the good questions was, well, you, you know, you, how do you square you being transparent with you being the king of dark money? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I'm transparent about myself and about what I do, but I jealously guard the. The free anonymity. speech rights yeah, of, of, of individual those, donors who want to remain anonymous. Right. Right. For fear of reprisal from the government. Yeah. So one of the things that... Including the state of California, I would remind them. Which I have had 
personal experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, the state of California releasing, you know, 501c3 records. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, having, having fought that fight against Kamala Harris when she was the AG and with uh, Ann Ravel, who is the CPC or the, the Fair Praxis, Fair Political Praxis Commission chair at the time. Um, and then to see their position get struck down by the Supreme Court yeah. has been very... And did you talk about that? I don't think I talked about that. Your, your battle with Kamala? I didn't, I didn't talk Kamala, about that. Kamala? Kama? Kama, 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 Kama? Yeah. No. Um, okay. I should have. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it would have been germane to the class yeah. well, and being in California. A little bit. I mean, I, yeah, that's true. The, uh, But it was it was more, you know... How do we, because I, I talked about being honest in your communications. That is, if you're going to do a hit ad on somebody, make sure it's factual. You can't, you know, it's not cool to make stuff up. And uh, you can... And then I just talked about the discourse and, and the challenges that we face in the, in the country today. And I put a lot of the blame at, at the feet of our former president, Donald Trump. Oh. Um, and I, I made the point that... So, and this is something you, that, so you were making friends. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, definitely not with the Trump people. Yeah. Um, were there Trump people in the, in the audience? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't ask where they were politically. Yeah. I mean, I, I in talking to the you professor beforehand, he he was like most you know the majority of them were left leaning, yeah, or at least center left, um, which is not a surprise. I mean, yeah, because they haven't started paying taxes yet. Right. <laughs> Wait till <laughs> right. they're taxpayers. Right. Um, but they ask good questions. Anyway, I I did go into. Uh, I mean, this was. Right after, so I was there on Monday. This was right after Trump's speech to CPAC on Saturday, in which he talked about we're going, you know, he, he trashed Reagan, he trashed Paul Ryan, he trashed, you know, all the traditional conservatives. All right. uh, he said, we're not, you know, <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is that, you know, I said that I'd be your champion and, you know, I'll be your warrior. And if you've been, you know, hurt, I'll be your retribution. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what is this? Game of Thrones? This is the Mad King Eris? I was just waiting for him to say, burn them all. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just don't you, understand. And from that speech, if you want to understand why most, a lot of MAGA Republicans lost in this last election, there it is. Yeah. You can't burn down the house like that. You can't just appeal to 15, 20% of the electorate like that. You have to have a big tent and you have to be willing to have all, all those people in the tent to have the arguments that you need. And that was the one thing that Ronald Reagan did. He brought in desperate, you know, parts of, of conservatism at, at that time that, that were, that did not like each other. Right. You know, the libertarians did not like the evangelicals. Right. You know, and, and the uh, neocons did not like any of them. And yet he brought them all in. 
Yeah. And created a coalition that was winning and won for, you know, better part of three decades. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that, that has always bothered me, and this is from the very beginning when, when I got the first call from someone top, you know, up top of the Trump organization before he announced for president asking me to come be a part of the campaign. I was like, no, I, I can't. He's not a conservative. He's not. And he never has been. He's done some conservative things because it was seemingly what he wanted to do. But but he is he has no he has no depth in the conservative movement. No. He is no, absolutely um not. He, he is not, never has been a true conservative. And as evidenced by the fact that he would, you know, trash Reagan, trash Paul Ryan for wanting to have some fiscal responsibility. Um, I mean, the thing that 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 the Republican Party and and this is this is what we have to face as Republicans. I mean, I consider myself a conservative first, then a Republican, because the party has generally been the place that fits those values, particularly sure. with Reagan. But the Trump version of the Republican party is not conservative. Um, and it's not really the Republican party. He, he may have uh, the, the party of Trump is not the Republican party. He may think that he's taken over the Republican party, but he only speaks to a minority and some of them are registered Republicans, but they're not true Republicans. Well, and if they show up to elections at all as remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, I mean, you make you make a great point. I think that you're seeing more of a groundswell amongst the conservative movement. I had a lunch yesterday with somebody who I, I won't name, but um, somebody who's part of a very prominent conservative group, and and they're saying the same things: is is hey, listen, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we agreed with Trump on, with a lot of things that we've helped that we helped in the last administration on, but but this divide and conquer strategy and demonization versus you know, well, demonization strategy of anybody who does not agree with with uh, your you know your form of, of republicanism is not going to win elections. No, and we've had several guests on this show that that have said you know the basic truism of of winning elections that you know politics is math, and you have to be able to count, and and part of counting, especially in the general election are bringing those people that you might disagree with on 20% of their, their viewpoint. Exactly. And finding that 80% that you can agree with so that you will win. Politics is a function of addition, not subtraction. Exactly. And, you know, what, what I find fascinating is, you know, Carrie Lake went to CPAC, spoke, and then there was a big article about the vice presidential, you know, he did, that Trump wants to pick a woman to be his vice president. I told you. Um, I was, I saw but, that. I was like, but oh, there it is. The, the, there was a meeting. So she's immediately been, and I think she was even, she won the straw poll as far as who do you want as the vice president? Sure. But there was immediate pushback from the Trump team. Who's like anybody who, you know, thinks that they know what Trump's thinking is is just trying to curry favor. And that goes back to your point about he does not want to be overshadowed. He does not want to be Especially by Carrie Lake. And he's, so she won't be the vice presidential pick if, <laughs> if he ever gets the nomination. 
Although some people yeah. have said that maybe he he announces who he was going to have as vice presidential pick before he secures the nomination as a part of the campaign. Well, yeah, and if he were to announce a Kerry Lake, that would be a smart thing for him to do. He's not going to do that. I mean, just in terms of the, the groundswell that that would that would create, maybe, and and she would she would be able to do add a lot to that campaign f- from that perspective. But what? But that then, would, yeah, he doesn't want to be overshadowed, and and it remains to be seen whether he's actually serious about the campaign as it is. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't think you're going to have a lot of. We talked about this in the last podcast. You're going to have a lot of people jumping in here in the next several weeks. And uh, who are going to take their shots at Donald Trump without taking shots at Donald Trump? And uh, well, there and, might be some that take direct yeah, shots, direct shots, yeah. but not a lot. Um, and and they intellectually and from a credibility standpoint are much more credible than him. Yeah. So it'll be it, it's going to be an interesting summer for sure. Well, it will. Yeah. I mean, our first debate. Is in August. Yeah. So this and is coming up. Is, is supposed to announce in June after the session with uh, the Florida, Florida legislature ends. And uh, I think he's going to be formidable. I think he still has, you know, there'll be some issues surrounding him as well. But all the reports are, are you know, they're trying to dig up dirt on DeSantis' wife. Yeah, kids well, of course. I mean, all this stuff. Look, this is a, this and though, is a contact I, I don't, sport. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's going to happen. Um, but what what drives me the craziest is that I'm fine with having a debate about the issues to say, look, I think I'm a better spokesperson for the party or, you know, whatever. But, you know, Reagan's 11th commandment of don't speak ill of, you know, fellow Republicans. Trump just trashed that completely. Now, I'm not saying we can't have competitive primaries. Yeah. But... And and forthright and a spirited debate. Yeah, but there but there are there are things the, the the way and respectful debate. Yeah, I mean he respect is something he doesn't understand. No, of course not. It, to him, it's he a, is a bully. It, yeah, to him, it's a con, it's more than a contact sport. It's it's scorched earth. Yeah, and and that's going to appeal to that fifteen to twenty percent. I mean, it, it will continue just to appeal to them. But, but, and that's not a winning coalition. It's not. And it, it also, and this is, this is what gives me a little bit of hope. And this is what I said to the USC class. Keep in mind that the reason he was, you know, he got the nomination because he won early just, you know, some of these states by, a, you know, 30 per, with 30% of the vote it, with winner take all delegates. So it wasn't like he had this great mantra. Yeah. I mean, it, this was a contested right up to the convention. Cruz was still in it going into the convention. Okay. So it wasn't a layup. Yeah. Uh, and then there was no, obviously he was the incumbent president in 2020. So no one ran against him in the primary and then he lost. So he, he won with a plurality the first time around in a, in a crowded field. And so we'll see whether he has grown or shrunk that, that voter base. Oh, my guess is it's probably shrunk. I would imagine it's shrunk and, or, or stagnated at least. Yeah. Because he, he's exposed himself. I mean, well, the problem with him going after somebody like DeSantis is even his base 
doesn't see DeSantis that way. If you even the people, I mean, there's there's there are people within that base who are, you know, forever Trumpers. They're they're not going to talk about anybody else. But there are people within that base who look at somebody like DeSantis, who has stood up to the woke left, who's who's accomplished a tremendous amount in the state of Florida as as a beacon of this is how we can win. So when Trump goes out after DeSantis in the way he, that he does, you got to think there's people even within that base or, who are getting turned off. I would think so. I would no. think so. I read because an article about that the other day, and I thought that was a really, really good point. It is. Well, the, the other that's thing. That's the danger of going after DeSantis. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting. Who polled, I guess, in the straw poll, like 24%. Yeah. And he hasn't even announced. Well, in a straw poll at an at a organization, which is basically TPAC. It was yeah. Trump pack. It wasn't CPAC. It was TPAC. It was the Trump show. Yeah. Um, and it was all the Trump hangers honors that any, you know, almost nobody else of, of import showed up. I mean, no, they all went Nikki to Haley the, did a, did a quick swing by and, uh, your buddy, Alex or Al, who the guy that is uh, the other announced candidate for president who is the, Oh, the, Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek, yeah. Vivek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, your guy, my guy. <laughs> I don't even know the guy because you can you know his name. Vivek I know. Ramaswamy. <laughs> That's right. Um, I got I got a text message from him. You yeah. did? Yeah, I, I did. I, I actually, keep getting text messages from Nikki Haley. But. Oh, Nikki's like once a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, already beginning. Yeah, well, and I get ar- the text messages from Trump's team, and I don't get anything from Trump's team. Thankfully, Ugh. you know, then Mike, you'll be getting it from Mike Pence's team, and. Pompeo's team and everybody's team. Well, will and be it's it's filing so, just filing on board. Yeah. Oh, speaking of filings, the uh, this this is going to be another interesting thing. So no labels. Oh, has no labels. has qualified a party status in Arizona. They turned in enough signatures to be a a, a really ball, have ballot access. So the question will become if they run somebody for president. That, you know, the third way uh, the leftist group uh, is really freaking out, saying this is going to put Donald Trump back in the White House if if no labels is, ends up on the ballot in a handful of these states that can take enough away from Biden to give Trump, if he's the nominee, give Trump the presidency. Um, so and then the other question is, what does this do to the Senate race? My guess is that no labels would would want cinema to be on their line. Yeah, as the independent. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's an interesting development. So, I had not read that. Yeah, it uh, it will be. Uh, it, it, you know, they're they're a serious organization that has a pretty decent budget. They've announced a, a fundraising goal of seventy million. Which could have For some no real labels, really? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so stand by. Is is that just you know? Is that Bill Crystal and all his married? It's men? I don't know if Crystal's involved, but um, it is definitely the that you know whole it's never that middle, Trumper. There's some never Steve never Schmidt. Trumper. I don't know. If, I don't know if the link. All these d- disaffected McCain for folks uh, from back in the day. It's. Uh, well, let me. I actually had was looking it up. Where was it? Um, 
I was actually looking at the state, like the people who are heading it up in Arizona. I don't, I don't know who they are. It's not names that I know. Um, well, I mean, I'm on their website right now, introducing Dr. Benjamin Chavez Jr., our new national co-chair. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. We care about this country more than the demands of any political party. So th- these people are going to be behind things like, you know, uh, open primaries and, and, yeah, ranked choice, and ranked choice voting. I'm sure that it's all aligned in the same direction. Which it would not be good for Arizona one way or the other. Uh, yeah, agreed with that. Agreed with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, you, the, it says meet the team, and it's like a video. So Oh, yeah, and these are part of the, uh, the Problem Solvers Caucus, and, and, which are basically just a c- collection of squishes. Yeah, in the United States Congress. No, these will. These, they have, they these have no are principles. The, they kind of the middle of the road sort of people. Ebb and who, flow. Yeah, whichever way the wind blows, that's yeah. the way we're going to go. Um, um, but some people who are passionate about it, I know some that that uh, have, you know, don't like the parties and don't like party politics and don't like where the parties have gone. And that's yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. So it, it could have some impact for sure. In the next election. Well, they, so, so they how get, did you leave it got, with the class? Oh, I'm just curious. Uh, what was, what was the most surprising question other than the Trump stuff? I'm sure they ate that up your perspective. So, Cause, I, Cause I would bet that they would have thought that you would have a different perspective. Yeah. They probably did. Well, what I pointed out was that because I am a traditional conservative, uh, I, you know, these look, these are young a lot of these kids weren't even born on 9-11. Yeah. Um, so somebody asked me what was the They biggest- probably believe that the January 6th riot was worse than 9-11 because that's what the media has told them. Well, I mean, that's, if you weren't at 9-11, you, I mean, and I, I don't know why it is that when I get asked about when, when there's something that has to do with 9-11, I, it, for whatever reason, I, I get emotional because I did this last time. Somebody asked me, because there was a student that was from New York, and uh, somehow asked about nine eleven, and I got emotional about it. This time, somebody asked, "What was, what's been the biggest crisis our nation has faced in your career?" Oh, great question! And I was like, "Well, nine eleven." Yeah, without question, in my mind. Um, and then in talking about that, uh, what? I guess what made me emotional about it was because I remember how unified the country was. Yeah. And I, it was unified, like Reagan had us unified against the Soviets. You know, I remember when the hockey team beat the Soviets in 1980. Oh, yeah. And just, I mean, it was just like the precursor of Reagan's election. Do you believe right? in miracles? Oh, my yes. gosh. It was amazing. Um, but 9-11... You know, having the two instances that that stick out the most for me from the standpoint of unity were when Bush is standing on the rubble and they say, we can't hear you. And he's like, well, I can hear you. Yeah. And the whole world is going to hear you. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then 
Totally impromptu. Yeah. And then when he went and did the first, the throughout the first pitch of the World Series. Yeah. Just an amazing act of courage. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so I talked about, you know, wanting to see that unity again. Um, but I pointed out that in 1984, it was almost, it's like, <laughs> none of them knew this. I don't think they were, they looked shocked when I said Reagan ran on a platform of amnesty for illegal immigrants <laughs> against Walter Mondale, who was the pro union candidate. And they're like, what? Yeah. He wanted to give amnesty to illegal immigrants because he, you know, he was the president that was, we're the shining city on a hill. I yeah. mean, that is what the conservative philosophy is, is that we've got a great nation that we want people to come to and participate in and make their lives better so that the world can be better. And that's not Trump. And that's what's, that's, that's what we have to get back to. If we want to have a country that is about freedom is freedom for everyone. It's not just freedom for people who are here. It's freedom for everyone. And if they, I mean, want to risk their lives to get here. We want them here. We want them here. And that's something we just have to, to push back on when someone like Trump says, keep them out because I mean, yes, we should, we should, you know, be tough on those that are trying to do ill, you know, the drug trafficking and human trafficking, but, but we have, but it's a lot easier to do that if we're not trying to exclude everybody, right? Yeah, so. but we got to be able to control our borders and 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 not have the drug trafficking and the human right. trafficking. No, I agree with We've that. We've got to put a stop to that first to be able to to pivot to the next question, which is being that shining city on a hill. Yeah, um, and I agree with that. We we need to be that shining city on a hill. And what's interesting about what you said about Ronald Reagan being the amnesty president, he regretted that decision later yeah. on that amnesty bill because he got bamboozled well, by because, the Democrats. Right, because they didn't do their part. They didn't but, do their part. So there's, you know, I, I, I get that. Yeah, because there was supposed to be, you know, a, if you if, give if, amnesty and then you fix the issue, and you know, that didn't we, happen, which is why... If the Democrats, <laughs> we're digressing, but if the Democrats could agree that we need border security and the public can agree that we need to have a path to citizenship for the people who are here and they can work together on those two things, which are not mutually exclusive. Right. We can get there. I mean, one, by one, not is, having, one does not have to be amnesty. Yeah. I mean, because we have a border problem because it's impossible, nearly impossible for an unskilled or low-skilled laborer from Mexico to get here in anything less than a decade, which is crazy. Yeah. They're not going to wait. Their lives depend on being able to feed themselves and their families. You know, so whatever. That's a whole nother podcast. Whole nother podcast. Well, I'm glad you went to the University of Southern California. I'm sad that you didn't get me anything <laughs> back. You know, did, did you at least talk about USC football at all? And Caleb, was Caleb Williams in the class? No, Caleb Williams. I no. See, that would have been great. Then that you would, would have to take a picture. <laughs> yeah. 
No, but more importantly, I there's no question in my mind that there's a bunch of kids that were in that class that are going to go on to do great things, and I will be honored to have been someone who knew them when before they were something. Yeah, well, maybe one of them was a USC basketball player who's going to play ASU tonight. So they weren't that anyone that thing. tall. No, nobody that tall. <laughs> nobody that tall. We'll fight on. <laughs> All right, and we will continue to fight on for this great podcast. That's right. Okay. God Thanks, bless. everybody. Take care.